Oh my God. Thank you, Iowa. 51%, it was a blowout. It was one of the most spectacular wins in the history of American politics. New Hampshire loves Iowa, and now it's our turn. And New Hampshire is going to take it to the next level. And by the way, um, God bless to Vivek. Uh, we thank you. You ran a great campaign, and we welcome your endorsement to President Trump. So, MAGA, make America great again. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with wanting a, to pay $1.87 for gas again at the, at the gas pumps? What's wrong with wanting to spend half of what you're spending now in the grocery store? What's wrong with wanting a closed border? And what's wrong with, with keeping illegals, criminals, out of our country? Yeah. What's right is that we know it means freedom. Democrats keep claiming that we are a threat to democracy. And they call us, what, MAGA extremists? But let's not forget, democracy is a form of power governed by the people. It's vested in all of us. We, the people of the United States. Right. <laughs> Democracy respects human rights and freedoms and in which the freely expressed will of the people is exercised. When Democrats talk about democracy, they mean their version, which they've hijacked and molded into the will of the D.C. swamp dwellers and not the will of the people. And they've been using that against us all, all, all of us conservatives for many years, feeding their crap lies, putting innocent people in jail for speaking out. controlling us from the minute we get up in the morning to when we go to bed at night, feeding us misinformation through their liberal controlled media, fake news media. <laughs> telling parents how to raise their own children and telling innocent children they were born in the wrong body. I say that is some bullshit. I want, I want everybody in the room right now, turn around and face the cameras those fake news cameras and tell the world that we are proud to be MAGA Americans. We 
won't be silenced anymore. So, speaking of Democrats, Nikki Haley. Where do I begin? She's... <laughs> I can't say bird brain. That's not nice. <laughs> She's no proven conservative. She's an insider with a uni party globalist. And she talks out of both sides of her mouth. She makes promises, but her record tells a different story. She's pro-amnesty. She's been against the border wall for years. And as a lobbyist for the U.S. military-industrial complex, she wants war in Ukraine. Yeah. So she can, she can uh, rake, rake in the millions from them. Have you noticed that her speeches are all talking points? She can't think on her feet, and when someone asks her a question and she goes off script, Biden style, uh, like the Civil War, uh, slavery question. But have you all been noticing the thousands of, of pieces of mail, the Haley mail that we've been getting in our mailboxes? It's unbelievable. Last week alone, my husband Chuck and I received over 20 pieces of mail in one week. But I especially loved the one with Sununu endorsing her. They showed a picture of the two of them and had an arrow pointing it at her as if to point out which of the two doofuses was Haley. She is funded by huge Democrat donors like George Soros and Bill Gates and the usual crowd. And the never Trump, the never Trump rhinos like the Koch brothers and Bill Crystal. No wonder she's got $68 million to spend and they are saturating the mail and the airwaves to keep her relevant in the race. They're pushing her because they want her to in their fight against President Trump. She's a pawn to them, and they own her lock, stock, and barrel. I'm with Senator Rand Paul, and he says... I'm never Nikki. So Iowa sent that message uh, that they're never Nikki too. So um, she came in, what, dismal third. But enough about her. A certain donut-loving former candidate was right. I can't call him fat, can I? Um, he was right when she said she's going to get smoked. And she was smoked. The harder they hit President Trump, the stronger he gets. The court cases against him, like in New York and Georgia, are starting to unravel. And the Trump-hating prosecutors are being exposed as frauds. The New York attorney, 
General Letitia James. Have you seen her face? I'm going to get President Trump. She's scary. She needs to go fly away on her broomstick. And where the hell did the ex-cab driver, Judge Moron, I mean Engeron, where did he get his credentials anyway, from a crackerjack box? So they should join Fulton County DA, Fanny Willis, and her boy toy fake prosecutor, go away on a, desert, on a deserted island somewhere and stop wasting taxpayer money on these sham trials. As the Nashua city captain for the Trump campaign, I've been doing a lot of door knocking. And I'm telling you now, do not believe the fake polls. I've been boots on the ground actually talking one-on-one with voters in Nashua. And I'm telling you that over 80% of them are voting for Trump. There's no substitute for meeting people one-on-one and to get the real story. So those fake news people are crazy. Um, President Trump is a true fighter, and he is the epitome of strength, and he will prevail, and he will make America great again. Another hero of mine, Winston Churchill, said it best in <clears throat> said it best in his speech to the British people during World War II. And I think the, uni- the universal meaning of his words reflect on us today in America. We shall fight them on the beaches. We shall fight them in the streets and in the fields. We shall fight them in the schools. We, should f- we shall fight them in the courtrooms and in the polls. We shall never surrender. I'm proud to be a MAGA American, and I God bless, uh, say God bless to President Trump, and God bless the USA, and let's roll New Hampshire. Please welcome Trump New Hampshire co-chair, Lou Gargiulo. Good afternoon, patriots. Big day in New Hampshire today. We came off of a phenomenal win. 98 out of 99 counties in Iowa. President Trump won last night. Can you believe that? That is the beginning of the real role to the nomination and to winning in November. And that only happens if everybody in this room gets up and recognizes that time is now.
let's go back in memory lane, back to before COVID. Do you remember the economy? Do you remember interest rates, prices of gas? Do you remember what our foes thought of us? They were afraid. Do you remember what our friends thought of us? They were proud of America. The time has come to restore that. The common denominator is one person, Donald J. Trump. There are plenty of evil things going on across the country and across the world. We need a strong leader, a person who doesn't take no for an answer, a person who commands respect and recognizes the importance of the American dream. And the American dream is here. We just have to recapture it. People ask me, why have you been involved with President Trump since the beginning, since 2015? And I'll say simply, I saw a person who built fabulous buildings, built a huge business, a phenomenal empire, and I believed he was the person that could turn the country around after the Obama years. And guess what? Did he turn it around? Yeah! Yeah. And he can do it again. We need it now. This is about our children. This is about our grandchildren. This is about the future of the country. And we need somebody who can bring back the future. So, I ask all of you, when we have the opportunity in the next seven days, talk to your friends, talk to your neighbors, talk to anybody and everybody. Get people out to the polls next Tuesday. Don't take no for an answer. Get on the phones. Call people. Go on to any place you can and bring it up. We need Trump. We need Trump. We need Trump. More than ever. So I ask you, Let's make it happen. Let's really make it happen. Thank you all for coming out on this lousy night. God bless you all. God bless America. And let's bring Trump back.
If you think that it was easy to get here tonight, you are wrong. That was In fact, they said, the pilot said, sir, you know, I think you might have to do it maybe another time. I said, I'm not going to tell the people of New Hampshire I'm not going to be there tonight. This was a little bit, this was a little bit rocky tonight, I will tell you, but I'm glad we made it. And uh, we would have, that would have been a pretty big story, right, if we didn't make it. I mean, didn't, didn't make it. I'm thrilled to be back with the uh, people of the great state of New Hampshire, with thousands of proud, hardworking American patriots, which is what you are. As you know, last night we had a record-setting evening in Iowa. What a great place that is, too. The largest margin of victory in GOP history. Is that good? Is that good? And the previous record, as you know, was 12 points, and we beat it by more than 30 points. So that was really something. That's a long year. That's a lot of years. So we were honored by it. They're really great people also. The whole country is great, frankly. And they want to see change. They want to see change. Because right now, our country's not doing too well. We're laughed at all over the world. This is not going to happen for long. But I do worry. I do worry about 10 more months with these people because they can do a lot of damage. What they're doing to our country is very sad. We were the first candidate ever to get more than 52% of the vote. We now uh, have our eyes on a very special place. You know what that place is? New Hampshire. <laughs> and I know that New Hampshire will never let us down, just like in 2016. You remember that? We came in here and we won in a landslide. 2016. It's time for the Republican Party, however, to unify, come together, and move forward as one team. We have to beat crooked Joe Biden. We have to beat him. Our country is at stake, and we need to focus on all of our resources. We have to put them into energy and effort and defeating Biden and all of these radical left lunatics, what they're doing to our country. We can't let it happen. We cannot let it continue. We're going down, and we cannot let it continue. Last night, I was honored to receive the endorsement of a man who has become a true leader and earned the admiration of so many patriots. I, I've been a friend of his, even though we were competing against each other. But I was a friend of his, and we got along. And he was saying he's a great president. I kept saying, why is he running? He keeps calling me a great president. But he's a fantastic guy, a very smart guy. He's got some tremendous ideas. And uh, he's young, and he's got some young ideas, too. And that's a good thing. So he has a big, beautiful, bright future ahead. Vivek Ramaswamy. Come on up, Vivek. Let's do this, guys. It's good to see you. It's good to be back to New Hampshire. We miss you guys. We're going to make this happen, and you guys know this well. You know this man. You know why we're here, patriots across the state. 
We are in the middle of a war in this country. That's what this is. It's not a war between black and white. It's not between Democrat and Republican, even in a deeper sense. It's between the permanent state and the everyday citizen. Between those of us who love the United States of America and a fringe minority who hates this country and what we stand for. And right now we need a commander-in-chief who will lead us to victory in this war. That's what we need in this country. You got to know you're in a war to win one. You can't win one if you're asleep at the switch, have your head stuck in the sand like most Republicans. And I think that's going to require somebody who isn't bought and paid for, a businessman, not a politician. Anybody heard of that? And that's why I was in this race. But I'll tell you, the people of Iowa spoke loud and clear last night. And I'm a big believer that we, the people, create a government that is accountable to us, not the other way around. That we, the people, choose who leads this country. And so we heard we, the people, last night. And that is why last evening I met my friend here. We met in person. And I told him that I would endorse Donald J. Trump for president of the United States and do everything in my power to lead us to victory in this war. It is a 1776 moment right now. That's where we live right now. And you want to know what does it mean to be a Republican today? It means we believe in the ideals of 1776. Ideals like freedom and merit and the pursuit of excellence. That you get ahead in this country, not on the color of your skin, but on the content of your character and your contributions. End affirmative action. End DEI. We are done with the nonsense. Send it back home. It means you believe in the rule of law. And I say this as the kid of legal immigrants to this country. That means your first act of entering this country cannot break the law, and that is why we need to use our military to secure our own southern border in this country. That's what it means to stand for the rule of law in the United States of America. It means the people we elect to run the government needs to be the ones who actually run the government, not the shadow government in the deep state that runs the show today. This man is going to get in there this time around and actually shut down that deep state. Not messing around this time anymore. That's how we win this war in this country. And the way we're actually going to do this in the long run and win this this time around is with elections we need to secure in this country for the long run. You want to know what needs to happen in this country? Single-day voting on Election Day as a national holiday with paper ballots, government-issued ID to match the voter file, and English as the sole language that appears on a ballot. And I'm confident this man will be the one to get us there. And this is how we get our country back. Not black or white. It's deeper than that. These are the ideals of the American Revolution. And you know what? We do have some enemies that we need to defeat on the other side, but we have challenges to address in our own party right here at home. So you know what? If you want somebody who's going to foist onto you to use your social media account, you want to use a driver's license to do it, to have the right to use the Internet, this man's not your man. There's another candidate in this race who'll do that for you. It's Nikki Haley. 
You want to send, you want to cut Social Security, you want to cut Medicare, you want to cut veterans' benefits so we can fork over more money to Ukraine so some kleptocrat can buy a bigger house? Vote for Nikki Haley, not this man right here. But if you want to actually put an agenda that puts Americans first, to say that the moral obligation of your leaders is to the citizens of this country, not another one, there is not a better choice left in this race than this man right here. And that is why I am asking you to do the right thing as New Hampshire and to vote for Donald J. Trump as your next president, because we're not working with a lot of time here. If our kids are in high school before we get this right, we don't have a country left. That's what it means. We've been celebrating our diversity and our differences for so long that we forgot all of the ways that we are the same as Americans, bound by that common set of ideals that set this country into motion. We believe those ideals still exist. This man is going to be your next president to revive them. E pluribus unum, from many, one. And you know how we're doing it? We're doing it by speaking the truth at every step of the way. There are two genders in this country. Period. That is the truth. Fossil fuels are a requirement for human prosperity. Drill, frack, burn coal, embrace nuclear energy. Reverse racism is racism. An open border is not a border. Parents determine the education of their children. The nuclear family is the greatest form of governance known to mankind. Capitalism lifts us up from poverty. There are three branches of government in the United States, not four. And the U.S. Constitution is the strongest and greatest guarantor of freedom in human history. That is the truth. We fight for the truth. We stand up for the truth. That is what won us the American Revolution. That is what reunited us after the Civil War. That is what won us two world wars and the Cold War. That is what still gives hope to the free world. And if we can revive that dream over group identity and victimhood and grievance, then nobody in the world, not a nation, not a corporation, not a virus, not China is going to defeat us. That is what American exceptionalism is all about. That is what we are going to revive to, yes, make America great again. Vote for this man right here in the New Hampshire primary. God bless you and your families. And may God bless our United States of America. Thank you, New Hampshire. It's good to see you guys. We're coming back and winning this in a landslide. We will not stop until we get this job done. Thank you all. God bless you and your families. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, that's how was that? Pretty good, right? That was pretty good. And he's a fantastic guy. And he's really, uh, he's got something that's uh, very special because he started off with a Zippo and he's got, he ended up very strong. He did a great job. I was actually surprised when he called because he was doing well. And uh, it's an honor to have his endorsement. He's going to be working with us and he'll be working with us for a long time. Thank you. 
Thank you. And now for sort of the opposite, in my opinion. Uh, as you know, Nikki Haley, in particular, <laughs> is counting on the Democrats and liberals to infiltrate your Republican primary. You know that. The lib that's what's happening. You have a group of people coming in that are not Republicans, and uh, it's artificially boosting her numbers here, although we're still leading her by a lot. You know, uh, as you know, I watched her speech last night. I thought it was inappropriate. But because it's bad for unity, it's bad for the party, what she said. But you'd almost think she won. She came in third, and she lost to not a particularly great candidate, obviously, as you've seen. She lost to somebody that uh, beat her by about two and a half points, Rhonda Sanctimonious. So, so uh, I'll tell you, we have these two people. We really got to get back on to Biden and beating the Democrats and not wasting a lot of time with these two. Uh, they're supported for... They're supported by some people that you don't want to have support. And the reason they're doing it, and I'll, I will tell you, uh, so we had a very interesting thing. We were making the speech last night. It was called the victory speech. Yeah, please sit down. And everybody can see back there. That's a big crowd. This is a nice crowd of people. We're driving in the snow. You can't see three front. And, I mean, how you all got here? I said, will people show up? But they always show up, right? Because they, they love their country. But we were talking about her show and how corrupt the press is. And last night, it was amazing. NBC and CNN refused to air my victory speech. Think of it. Because they are crooked, they're dishonest, and frankly, they should have their licenses or whatever they have taken away. They put on, they put on Nikki Haley. She came in third, a distant third. Like, I mean, a distant third. And they put on Ron DeSanctimonious, who came in a boring second. Now, he, we don't talk about him too much because over here he's polling at 4%, so we'll save him where he seems to go up. But we haven't found that place yet. He's gone down a lot. Uh, she's not doing particularly well, but she had one phony poll. She walks around with a poll saying she's up in Biden by 17. That poll is about uh, three months old, and it's a fake poll. And from every other poll, she's just about down in every election. We're up every single poll for the last two months against crooked Joe Biden. But people behind Nikki Haley are pro-amnesty, they're pro-China, they're pro-open borders. These are the people that are backing her. They're pro-war. We don't want war. We got out of all the wars. We beat the hell out of ISIS. We're, they're pro-Biden, frankly. And if she wins, Biden wins. And if Biden wins, New Hampshire cannot win. You're going to lose, and uh, bad things happen. You, you had, we had the greatest country in the history, in history, in our history, Three years ago, we had the best borders. We had the best economy. We had no inflation. We rebuilt our military. We gave you the biggest tax cuts in history, the biggest regulation cuts in history. Nobody's done what we've done, and especially, frankly, for this state. If you want a nominee who is endorsed by all the rhinos, globalists, and demented never-Trumpers, and never-Trumpers, they're a dying breed, I will say, like a guy like Rhino Paul Ryan, he was so bad for his liberal Larry Hogan. That's another beauty. Open borders, Rhino Charles Koch. Charles Koch, he spends a lot of his inherited money on elections, but not so much. But he has been giving uh, Nikki a lot. He wants open borders. He's pro-China. He's not pro-U.S. And crooked Joe Biden's biggest donors, then Nikki Haley is your candidate. If you want that, we need strong borders. We need free and fair 
elections. And if you don't have those two things, and I'd love to add in, we need an honest media because we don't have an honest media. The Democrats are supporting her because she's easy to beat. You know, the Democrats are funding most of her campaign, and they're doing it because they want to run against — they don't want any more of Trump. How did they do in 2016? And then we did even better in 2020. A lot better. A lot better. Millions and millions of more votes. They don't want us. They want her. They're really — I mean, she's probably their first choice, and Ron DeSanctimonious is their second choice. And I'm their last choice. And, uh, you know, but they're a party of disinformation. They see we're leading. You know, Rasmussen just came out. Did you see that? Rasmussen, highly respected. They just announced that the nomination for the Republican Party is over. They just said it's over, that Trump won. Now, I don't know how they can do that quite. But I guess they looked last night, and they looked at all of the different states were beating her by you know, many, many, many points in South Carolina. She's uh, the governor of South Carolina, and she's losing by 50 points. That's not a good sign. <laughs> and very shortly, we go out to Nevada. We're beating her by about 90 points. So we're beating everybody, and we're beating much of, maybe more importantly, although we have to get there, but more importantly, we're beating crooked Joe Biden in every poll. We're beating him by 11 points in Michigan. We're beating him in... We're beating him in, all over. I mean, we're beating him in Pennsylvania. We're beating him in South Carolina. We're be every poll that they take. And by the way, we're beating him very big in a place called New Hampshire. Have you ever heard of it? Have you heard of it? If you want to defend your honor and if you want to defeat the radical left Democrats and save America, you must vote for your favorite president of all time, Donald J. Trump. That's me. The only way to stop the Biden lunatics and radical leftists is trying to — they're trying to cancel out your votes. They want to cancel out your votes. That's what they're doing with Haley. They love Haley because they're going to load it up with Democrats. They're not going to win anyway. They're not going to win anyway. They're not even close. But they're going to load it up with Democrats and independents. And that's not what the Republican Party is about. We love Democrats that want to vote for us. And we love independents especially that want to vote for us. But it's not what the party is about. But you have to go in big numbers on January 23rd. That's Tuesday, next week, January 23rd. And I, I spent so much time talking about this because we had these tremendous polls, just like we do here in Iowa. And I'd say, Please, it's very important. We have to keep our eye on the ball in November, and we're sending a signal. So even if you don't believe the polls, or even if you want to think we're one point down, we're not. We're like 30 points up. But don't believe me. You have to get out, and you have to vote. I joked the other night. I got a little heat for it. I said, listen, uh, darling, you're not feeling well, but I don't care. You have to get up. We have to vote. We have to but but I'm not feeling well. It doesn't make any difference. You have to vote. And I went a step further. I said, even if it means the ultimate, you got to vote. Because we've got to save our country. All the information you need is available at nh.donaldjtrump.com. Everything's available. So we do have to create the margins. We're going to be in great shape in terms of winning, but the margins, and I think that's why we got, I guess, 52 percent. They said it would be almost impossible to get over 40, and we got 52 percent last night, which is great. Largest, biggest margin in history. Biggest margin, by a lot, the biggest margin in history. With your help, 
One week from now, we're going to win the New Hampshire primary, and then we're going to defeat crooked Joe Biden. He's a crooked guy. He's the worst president in the history of our country. He's the most corrupt president in the history of our country. And frankly, he's the most incompetent president. You're going to end up in World War III with this guy. But we're going to take back our country, and we are going to what? Make America great again. One of the most important questions is, and I'm having to answer it all the time, it's the candidate, what candidate can rescue the American economy and save the American dream? You know, you don't hear, when was the last time you heard the phrase American dream? You know, you used to hear it all the time. Well, you hear it with me, and you heard it four years ago, three years ago, but you haven't heard that term in a long time because there is no American dream. It's survival now, and it's embarrassment. And you take a look at what they did with Afghanistan, the most embarrassing moment in the history of our country. Thirteen soldiers dead. We left hundreds of people there that should have been brought out. They're hostages. And we left $85 billion worth of the best military equipment in the world. And they're now one of the largest sellers of military equipment. They don't need 700,000. Think of it. 700,000 rifles and guns. 700,000. They sell them. They make a fortune. We left them there. 70,000 vehicles, many of them armor-plated, costing millions of dollars, millions and millions of dollars. We left all of this there. Uh, we are like a country run by fools. They're run by — we're run by fools. And we're going to take it back, and we're going to take it back quickly and methodically. We're going to win that election. We're going to go back into the White House, and we're going to drill, baby, drill. And we're going to strengthen up our border like we used to have it. Remember, we had the safest border in history three years ago, and now we have the worst border probably in the history of the world. There's never been a border for any country, third world, banana republic. There's never been a border like this. There's never been. We're millions, and we'll fix it, and we'll fix it very fast. You know, all, all Biden had to do, you know, when he goes to the beach, because he's got consultants. We all have consultants, right? And they say, uh, you look great in a bathing suit, Joe. And why did you go? And so, I mean, I've never seen a guy go to the beach so much, right? And he has a hard time walking in the sand because that's, you know, sand is heavy. And he has a, an even harder time lifting one of those aluminum chairs that are meant for a child to lift, right? He can't lift it. And, uh, and you know, if he would have just gone to the beach and left our border alone, we had the most secure border. All he had to do is leave it alone. We had the best people. The Border Patrol are incredible. ICE are incredible. All of the law enforcement is incredible. We love our law enforcement. By the way, we are going to get immunity for our law enforcement so they can't get sued. You know, in many places, I don't think here, but in many places, law enforcement gets sued and they say, go out, get your own lawyer. We're not going to represent you. Can you believe it? What they do to our law enforcement, well, we're going to give them immunity. We're going to grant them immunity. We're going to take care of their problem. <laughs> Under the Trump administration, we had the greatest economy in the history of the world, with record low unemployment rates for African Americans, Hispanic Americans. By the way, have you seen our poll numbers with African Americans and with Hispanic Americans? Oh, we're going to have. You know, like last night was quite a surprise. It was, that's why they couldn't put us on. They couldn't, NBC couldn't do it because the margins were so crazy. But you know, I'm not that surprised because I see it. I feel it. 
We did great in 2016. We won. We did much better in 2020. But there is much more enthusiasm now than there was even in 2020 or 2016. Like, not even. But we did better with everything. And we're doing better with women, with Asian Americans, with uh, kids with MIT diplomas. Of course, that gets hurt a little bit now. You know, MIT has been a little injured with the three people, Harvard, Penn, went to Penn. Penn, and you take a look, and MIT, they got badly injured. You know, my uncle was a professor at MIT for 40 years, Dr. John Trump. He's the longest-serving professor in the history of the school. And he's up in heaven now looking down on us and saying, that's a beautiful place that he's speaking at with very beautiful people. But, you know, uh, he would be very embarrassed if he saw what was going on with MIT and all of the places. But whether you had a diploma from MIT or any of the great schools or whether you didn't have a high school diploma, we had the best numbers in every single category that we've ever had. And we're going to bring it back there and we're going to bring it back fast. It's going to happen very quickly. The lowest poverty rates, record high incomes, all of these things are what we had. We increased the typical American family's take-home pay by an astounding record-setting $6,000 a year, and they lowered it by $5,000 a year. Think of that. They lowered it. So you add those two. That's a lot. That's a lot. I passed the largest tax cuts and regulation reforms in history. We, we did the largest regulation cuts in history. We did the biggest tax cuts by far in history. And, you know, they're coming due fairly soon, and the Democrats don't want to do it. That would give you the largest tax hike in the history of our country. Congratulations. Nobody cares about that, do you? Do you mind paying 50 percent more tax? Because get used to it. If they win, and I don't think they will, I don't see how they can. How can you win when you have open borders, when you have high interest rates, when you have — you can't get a house anymore, you can't buy a house, your education stinks, everything's woke, that's all they talk about. They go after their political opponents with the DOJ and the FBI. That's me. They go after me. I got so many court cases. I've been indicted more than Alphonse Capone. You know who Alphonse <laughs> Greatest gangster of all time. He was the number one of all time. Scarface. Did anybody ever hear? He's a lovely man. If he had dinner, if he took you out to dinner, had dinner with you, and he didn't like the tone of your voice, you were killed. You were guaranteed. I got indicted more than he did, sir. But they're bullshit indictments, I'll tell you. They're Biden. You know what I call them? I call them they're Biden indictments. No, they've weaponized the DOJ. They go after their political opponent. Now, in this particular case, it didn't work out so well. So our polls are at record numbers. Like last night, we won in the history of Iowa. Nobody's ever come close to getting the kind of numbers I got. If I didn't get indicted all these times, and if they didn't unfairly go after I would have won, but it would have been much closer, I tell you. I don't know if I would have made the trade. I might have just like the position we're in right now. I would doing very well on that score. Did you see Fanny? Fanny from Atlanta. She paid her boyfriend, a lawyer who had no experience as a lawyer and no experience doing what? Almost a million dollars. And then they decided to go on beautiful Norwegian cruise lines, trips all over the place. He was a very generous person with our money. And he was the guy coming after me. Can you believe it? And they're all, every one of these people. These are corrupt people. These are corrupt. And you know what? Forget about me. They indicted 18 fine people. 
18 people like you, in some cases elderly, they signed a slate, just like Thomas Jefferson did slates. They go slates, just like they did to me in 2016. They wanted a slate for Alabama that I won by 45 points. Okay, they said maybe he didn't win Alabama, but I won by 45 points. They could have picked something that was a little bit closer. But they go after people and they want to destroy people and they're evil. And we're putting an end to it and we're putting an end to it fast because you can't have that happen. You can't have that happen in this country. And most importantly, under Joe Biden, our country is dying. I mean, our country is in serious trouble. And I stand before you today as the only candidate who is up to the task of saving America from every single Biden disaster. And they're only disasters. What has he done good? Everything. I mean, think of it. You had no inflation. You had nothing. Israel would have never been attacked. Ukraine would have never been attacked. I know Putin very well. There was no way he was going to do it. You know, one of the reasons he did it is he, Biden, drove oil prices up so high Makes his money with oil. He was making a fortune. He had plenty of money to prosecute it. But even without that, because ours was much low, we had a, a dollar eighty-seven. Does that sound good? A dollar eighty-seven. But uh, they would have never done it. Uh, Israel would have never happened. You see what's going on with Taiwan. China wants to go in there. He would have never done it. President Xi of China, strong man. He would have never ever done it. Just watch. As soon as it becomes clear or on election night that we've defeated crooked Joe Biden, you will see your 401k soar, and you already see it. Every time we have a good poll, or every time we have a night like we did last night, was that exciting, by the way? That was so beautiful. That was so beautiful. By the way, you think you have cold weather out tonight? That was 40 degrees below zero. If you had, like, I said, don't worry about it, we're in a car. Oh, really? If you had to walk like 15 feet from the car to the door, it was a very, very troubling experience. I would. Your net worth will skyrocket as soon as we come in or as soon as it's known that we came in. You know, last time when we won the election, everything went up and they got the credit for it. They said, no, you have to go from the election. Don't go from January 20th. But everything went up except the gasoline. The gasoline went down. The gasoline... We brought energy down to a level that you haven't seen in many years. And, you know, in New England overall, but New Hampshire in particular, you have the highest energy prices anywhere in the United States. I hope you know that, right? We're going to bring your energy prices down in half. We're going to bring them down in half. And it would be nice if your governor would help, because that's something he could do. You know, that's something. It would be nice if he would help. You know, he ran for, you do know he ran for president. He just didn't have the courage to say, I'm running for president. He ran, he was all over the place for months, running, running, running. And then after he got his highest number, about 2%, he decided to announce that he's not running. But he didn't announce that he's running. He ran without announcement. And honestly, that's not the way to do it. That's not the way. But you have the highest energy prices, this area, in the entire country. We're going to cut your energy by at least half, and it'll be done in the first year. You watch. First year. The next Trump economic boom will begin on November 5th, 2024. That will be an economic boom. And, you know, the only thing that they have now is a stock market that's going up, and it's only going up because people think we're going to win the election. I don't know if you saw yesterday, 
I felt very badly for them. China had a crash yesterday in their stock market. You know why? Because I won Iowa. So when people — it's true, they cr it crashed. So when people say, oh, I took, I, I took in hundreds of billions of dollars from China, and literally, as soon as those numbers started coming in yesterday, they had a crash, a big — one of the worst numbers that they've had in years. But what that's telling you — and I'm not knocking them, because I get along great with President Xi, and I love China, I love everybody, but they can't take advantage of us. But, you know, it tells you better than anybody with the words and all the words and talk. And that tells you what it's about. If I get in, they know it's not going to be so good for them. And we want it to be good for us, because for years they've taken advantage of us. They've taken big advantage. But during my four years, it was a whole different thing. I took in hundreds of billions of dollars. I actually took in 28. We have some farmers here, but I just left the place. We got a lot of farmers, and that's one of the reasons I won. In fact, my people said, sir, don't be so confident about Iowa, please. It doesn't sound good. I said, I got them $28 billion for the farmers from China. Of course I'm going to be confident. I went into rooms. I said, there's no way you're voting against. I got you 28. I said, do you think Biden, when he's sleeping, he's turning and twisting and sweating in bed, thinking about how to get his farmers taken care of and how to — he did. He just goes out like a light. Me, I twist and turn, thinking about how we're going to make our country rich as hell again. I, actually, it's actually true, you know. It's too bad, but it is true. Starting on day one of my new administration, I will quickly end Joe Biden's inflation catastrophe by stopping his wasteful spending, terminating his Green New Scam. You know, it's a Green New Scam. It's not a Green New Deal. It's called the Green New Scam. And tapping the liquid gold. So we have more wealth under our feet than any other country, but we don't use it. We're now getting oil. It's not even oil, it's tar. We'll drill baby drillers, right? It's tar from Venezuela. We get tar from Venezuela. You know where we refine it? In Houston, Texas. And so if you're a believer in everything spewing, and I believe that, we all believe that. But if you're a believer, we are refining. It's the only refinery that can do the Venezuelan tar because it's a lot of tar. We have light, sweet, crude. We have the best oil. We have the most oil. And we don't use it. And by the way, you could use a little, because, you, you know, if we turn — when we turn on the tap, you are actually going to go down at numbers that you've never seen before. And you, saw, you started seeing that three years ago. You were at a low number. Now you're at a number that's uh, very, very embarrassing for this country to have. But you are the worst of all. You're the highest energy in the whole country. So you can't vote for the Democrats, and you can't vote for the Sanctimonious, but he's only at 4 percent or 5 percent. What the hell happened to him, by the way? Man, did he go down. Ron de Sanctimonious, did he go down like a rock? I don't even want to talk about him because I don't want to waste it. I do want to talk about Nikki because this perception that she's gone up. But I worked with her for a long time, and she was okay. Not great. She was not great. She's not tough enough to deal with these people. I will tell you that. She's not tough enough. While Joe Biden is pushing the largest tax hike in American history, you know, he wants to quadruple your taxes, I will make the Trump tax cuts permanent, and we will deliver more tax cuts, tax credits, regulation cuts for New Hampshire workers and family than any other. We were going to, just before COVID came in, we were going to 
drill like we've never drilled. And we were doing that. And we were in fourth place. Then we were in third, second, first. And if you look at a chart, you'll see Saudi Arabia. You'll see Russia a little bit below that. You'll see a couple of others sneak in. I mean, they're pretty good. But all of a sudden, you look at this chart where we're like this, like, oi. And then I get in, and it goes, psh. We were doing much more than they were doing. But when I left, uh, which was ridiculous that we had to leave, but we had to leave. We have to follow the laws of our land. But what a ridiculous... Isn't it amazing? They don't investigate the people that cheated in the election. They investigate the people that understand they cheated and go after them. But they don't investigate the people that cheated like hell. We have to have fair and free elections. We have to. Nikki Haley supported a brutal 23% national sales tax, which is a disaster, by the way, why she did it. And that's why some people call her the Nikki New Tax. I don't, I don't think that's particularly good, but uh, she did support. She uh, wants a 23% national sales tax. And Ron DeSantis once said also he wants it to be uh, 23. I think that makes them unelectable. I think if you have a 23% tax like that, I think it makes them unelectable. And there's other reasons they're unelectable. But I can tell you the greatest people in the world that misinformation and disinformation are the radical left crazy Democrats. If they think they're going to have an easy time with somebody, they'll say, oh, we don't want to run against them. They're so good. If they think they're going to get their ass kicked by somebody, they say, that's the one. We want to run against Trump. We want to run against How did they do the last two times? It was not, it was not good for them. So uh, we're going to take this country. We're going to turn it around. We're going to make it better than ever before, greater than ever before. The radical Democrats are looking to literally destroy our country. And sometimes you wonder, think of it, open borders, people coming in from prisons, from jails. There's a slight difference. Do you know what the difference between a prison and a jail is? Not enough to talk about. Let's put it this way. <laughs> Not enough to talk about. But they're coming in from prisons and jails. They're coming in from mental institutions and insane asylums. Insane asylum, that's a step beyond. That's Silence of the Lambs. That's Hannibal Lecter. Did you ever hear of Hannibal Lecter? They're being dropped into our country. Hannibal Lecter is coming in, lots of them. They're closing up insane asylums all over the world, not just in South America. They're, they're closing them up all over the world, in Africa, in Asia, in Europe, in the Middle East. We're bombing Yemen. We have a guy who's in charge of our war. I, I read about it today. He's using a laptop from his hospital bed. They couldn't find him, Secretary of Defense. And he's running the war with a laptop like a child would do, you know, like a child plays with a laptop. And uh, these are the same people that ran Afghanistan into the ground. You know, I was taking everybody out of Afghanistan, but we're doing it with strength and we're doing it with dignity. We were coming out. And they were afraid of us, and they weren't doing anything. I spoke to the to Abdul, you know Abdul, the leader of the Taliban. And we had a rough conversation. And after that conversation, not one American soldier was killed for 18 months. And then you had that disaster by Biden where they took the military out first. No, you take the military out last. You get your people out first. You get your equipment out, and then you come out. But they took the military out first. We have those same people telling us, about wars in the Middle East. You don't need wars because, you know, we built the strongest military in the world. We defeated 
As you know, ISIS, 100% of the caliphate, Soleimani gone, al-Baghdadi gone, all of the big terrorists gone. We created a safe nation. We didn't have one terrorist attack in four years. I never said that during my four years because I say, I don't want to have it, and then the next day we have an attack. But we didn't have one terrorist attack. Iran was broke. I told China, I told all of the countries, anybody that does business with Iran buying oil, because they are really the purveyor of, of cash, but the purveyor of terror. They would give billions and billions of dollars out to Hamas, to Hezbollah, billions and billions. I say, anybody that does business with Iran, you're not doing business with the United States. Plus, we're going to put a tariff of 100% on all your goods that you send in. And everybody, including China, said, well, I guess we're not doing business with them. And they were broke. A congressman, well-known Democrat congressman, two weeks ago was on, uh, I believe it was Deface the Nation. Did anybody ever hear of Deface? Ladies and gentlemen, Donald Trump on Deface the Nation. It is Deface today. Because they're dishonest, so they deface the nation, right? And Or meet the fake press. But they were on deface the nation, and he said, you know, whether we like it or not, Iran was broke. They were broke. He used that term under the Trump administration. They couldn't do anything. They had no money. They had to survive. And we would have made it possible for them. All I wanted them to do is not have a nuclear weapon. Now they're 38 days away from having a nuclear weapon, and these guys don't know what to do because they're incompetent. Our leaders are incompetent. They're incompetent fools. They're 38 days away, they say, from having a nuclear weapon. Once they have a nuclear weapon, negotiation is going to be a whole different thing. I was able to do a great job with Kim Jong-un. You might have heard of him. I used to call him Little Rocket Man, but he <laughs> became somebody that we actually got along with very well. He'd love to see me back. We had a very good relationship. When the press hears I have a relationship with Kim Jong-un or any of them, they said, that's terrible. No, it's not terrible. It's called smart. You have a relationship. You would have had a nuclear war if Hillary Clinton got it. You know? You would have had a nuclear war if Hillary Clinton got in. But we're going to turn it around. We're going to turn it around fast. You don't have to get into these wars. Look at, uh, look at what's happened in Ukraine. Place has been decimated. Many more people are killed than you read about. You know, they'll knock down an apartment. You see the size of those buildings? They're long. They're like three blocks long. They'll knock it down. They'll say two people were injured slightly. No, no. Many people were killed. The real numbers will come out. And you're going to see many more people are killed in Ukraine than anybody thought even possible. Many of the numbers are massive. And the cities are just being flattened. They're being leveled. Buildings, you know, it's their culture. The magnificent golden towers going up that are a 1,000 years old. And all this stuff is just being leveled. to the. It's so sad to see. This never, this never would have happened if I were the president. And everybody knows it. And it didn't happen, you know? People say, well, how do we know? Well, it didn't happen. For four years, it didn't happen. And Putin and I got along very well. It would have never, ever happened. I talked about it. That was the apple of his eye. There's no question about it. I said, don't do it, Vladimir. Don't do it. We had some good talks, I will tell you. But he wouldn't have done it. And likewise, they would have never done the attack on Israel because they didn't have the money to do it. And they knew that there would have been a very big attack back. And it would have never happened. What they did on October 7th, what they did was uh, unthinkable, so horrible. But it would have never happened. All of these things would have never happened. Uh, inflation would have never happened because oil caused inflation. Energy caused inflation. Energy is so big, if you 
make donuts. You have, need it for the stoves, for the trucks. You need it to distribute. You need, every business is not a business that doesn't need energy. And most of the energy is oil. And uh, what they did with the oil was so bad. It's just so bad. And that caused the inflation. Now it's, uh, you look at the, uh, look at the price as an example of bacon up five times. What does five times mean? I looked at it the other day. But our food prices are up 45 and 50 percent. Our energy's up 50 percent. Everything's up to a level that even if you are doing well, you're losing. You're way, way behind the eight ball. Well, we're going to all bring it back for you. It's not going to be complicated, and it's going to go very fast. So I'm the only candidate who can withstand the vicious media smear machine. It's a vicious group of people back there. And the dirty tricks that the Democrats have in store. Because, remember, if I wasn't running, they'll do the same thing to whoever it is that is running. And you watch. They'll wilt like little babies. They're going to wilt like a beautiful rose. Uh, you watch. There's nobody else could take this crap, I want to tell you. There's nobody else could take it. Just think of the field day Crooked Joe Biden and his media protectors would have. And they are protectors. They protect him. I mean, you see things that are so bad. I mean, he can't walk off a stage. He's looking for the stairs. Where am I? Where am I? Where am I? This guy's negotiating nuclear with Putin. Where am I? They all grab You know, you ever see they... They said, Secret Service, by the way, is great. They run up on the stage to grab him because they're afraid he's going to fall off the front of the stage. No, the stairs all over. We got three of them here. One there, one there, one there, right? And he doesn't know that. And uh, his speeches are not exactly good. They're very short, you know, because you run out of uh, octane, you know? <laughs> you run out. You ever notice he starts off, hurrah, MAGA, MAGA, MAGA. We're going to get MAGA. By the end of the speech, he's like, oh. They say, get him off the stage. He needs another. Whatever happened to that? Whatever happened to the cocaine? Whatever happened to whatever the hell it was that they had in the White House a couple of months? That was, <laughs> that was a strange event. That was a strange. No, we're laughed at all over the world. We're laughed at. You know, look, I know the leaders of the world. I know them very well. Got along with most of them. The tougher they were, the better I got along. I don't know what that is. That's maybe something a little sad. But I got along with the toughest ones. Maybe that's the best thing. But... Uh, the ones that were weak and ineffective. I didn't actually get along with them as well, but they understood. But, you know, when you look at what we have here, can you imagine what they think when this guy walks into their office and he can't put two sentences together? And these guys are at the top of their game. They're all at the top of their game. And we have a guy that 30 years ago really wasn't very good, but now he's really bad. Now he's really bad. Just ask Ted Kennedy. Good old Ted Kennedy told me a long time ago, I was friends with him in Palm Beach. I said, Ted, let me ask you a question. Who's the smartest guy in the Senate? And he gave me an answer. I won't tell you who it was because I can't stand the guy, okay? <laughs> I said, who's the dumbest? Mm. You know, I got along with him because I did him a big favor in Palm Beach. They had a house, the Kennedy Compound, a very rich family in Palm Beach. And I did him something. It was a very nice favor, very, very nice. And for some reason, he never forgot it. He liked it. I liked him. He was uh, slightly left of me, like by about 200 degrees. <laughs> but he was a, a great guy, an entertaining guy. I said, so who's the dumbest? Who's the dumbest guy in the Senate? 
And he goes like, uh, probably Joe. I said, who's Joe? He said, Joe Biden. He doesn't understand anything that's complex, like taxes, like, although he does understand, if you think about it, he does understand something about finance because a lot of money pours into his account. <laughs> but he said, probably Joe. And I always remember that. That was a long time ago, 20, 25 years ago. Long prior to his death, actually. But uh, he said, probably Joe. Who's Joe? Joe Biden. So this is what we have. And now he's our president. And now he's our president at a reduced level. Okay? At a reduced level. You know, we're dealing with the most complex and most powerful weapons in the world. And we have a man that has no idea what he's doing. And you'll end up in World War III. I'm the only one that can promise you that we will not end up in World War III. There's not going to be world wars, not with me. There's not going to be world wars. And we do that through strength, not through weakness. So what I want to do is I want to just tell you, it's very simple. We have to get out. We have to take back our country. We have a country that's in such bad shape. We have to take it back. Nikki Haley is a disaster. She worked for me for a long time. I mean, I know it very well. I actually put her there for a different reason. I shouldn't say this, but you had a lieutenant governor named Henry McMaster who was fantastic. I figured if I took her out of South Carolina governorship, put her someplace, any place, I put her someplace, then Henry McMaster, who was my friend and who's turned out to be a great governor in South Carolina, Henry McMaster will become the governor. So I moved her to the United Nations. And honestly, she was not a good negotiator. She was not a good negotiator. Now she likes to talk about, when I negotiated with China, I negotiated with China. <laughs> I did all of it. We got in hundreds of billions of dollars, and I did it. And, you know, she has a, she has a hit on Social Security, you know, she wants to raise the age very substantially. You don't need that. We don't want to do that. And we have that liquid gold. We don't have to do that to our seniors. You earned it. You're right. Who, who said that? That's a good point. You earned it. You did earn it. And you don't need that. And the same thing with Medicare. They want to obliterate it. We're not going to do that. So I say this. Get out and vote and make sure we win by big margins. The bigger the margin, the bigger the mandate that we have, the stronger we're going to be. And I mean strong not just for the next state, because the next state is Nevada. And we're leading by 90 points. So, so, I mean, unless you had a catastrophic event, <laughs> I think if that's in good shape. And then we go to South Carolina, we're leading by a lot. And then we're leading by everything, by everywhere you go. But, but I'm talking about November. We have to win. This sends a, let's send the word to the other side. They're very destructive. Remember this, and I say it all the time. If you took the 10 worst presidents in the history of our country, they will not have done the damage that crooked Joe Biden and this corrupt administration have done to the United States of America. So we want to send a strong signal. So even though we're leading by a lot, you have to go out and vote. You just have to do it. If it's cold, if it's hot, I don't care what the hell it is. You have to go out and vote, okay? And just, just don't sit back. You know, the one thing, and they really did it in uh, every speech, I started up by saying, look, we're leading by a lot, but you must go out and vote. Don't sit home and say, well, you know what? I love the president, but he's going to win by so much because we have to show big margins. We have to show margins like never before, which is what happened last night. We have to show margins like never before.
because we have to take back our country. And if we don't take back our country, we're not going to have a country. I love your state. There's never been a better president for your state. Your businesses were thriving. And, and frankly, anything they have right now, and it's not very good, is running on the fumes of what I did, what my administration did, but what I did. So we're going to get your gas prices down. We're going to get your taxes down and extended. They're going to, if they, if they let the Trump's tax cuts, the biggest in history, if they let that float and go back, your taxes are going to quadruple. It's going to quadruple. We can't let it happen. So we have to win in November. But let's just start with your vote next week, Tuesday. You have to go out. You have to vote. And you have to give us those margins. And, and I want to thank you, though, because I said at the beginning, remember, that uh, in 2016 I came here. And you gave me a vote of confidence like nobody could have ever given anybody. We won by massive numbers, and it was an amazing thing. It was a great vote of confidence. And don't forget, I never did this stuff before, right? <laughs> now I did it. I know everybody. In I know the weak ones, the stupid ones, the brilliant ones. I know them all. I know the best ones. I went there. I said, how's this guy? I had to rely on rhinos to give me advice. I don't like that kind of advice. And we had great people. Look, we rebuilt our military. Think of all the things we did. Even right to try, you know, medical. So for years and years, they wanted to get right to try, what's called right to try, meaning to try a medicine or a cure for a disease. The problem was nobody wanted it. The country didn't want it because of liability. Doctors didn't want it. The insurance companies didn't want it. And the pharmaceutical companies. But we have the best labs in the world. And people are dying, and we thought that maybe uh, we'll do something. And, you know, they'd come to me and say, we can't do it, because if we do it, and if they get injured because of the medicine or whatever it is that they're going to be doing or taking, uh, we'll have a liability. I said, these people are terminally ill. They're not going to get injured. You're, they're dying. They're going to be dead in a fairly short period of time. They will sign something. And I got everybody in a room. I did it. I got them everybody in a room, and I got the insurance companies to agree. I got everybody with the insurance companies and the labs. I said, we're not going to count it on your numbers. Or a separate set. They didn't want to take people that were terminally ill because they didn't want accounting. You know, it doesn't make their product look good. I said, but look at it a different way. Think of it works. Then you've got to save all these people. And that's what happened. And so we have saved thousands and thousands of lives with Right to Try. And that had to get passed by Congress. We had to get through... We had to get that through Congress. So I just want to say, uh, we love you. I'll be back here for a lot because we want to win this. We want to win this state. We want to win this state. And now I'm going to go out and brave that cold weather, and I'm going to get back to that airplane. And then I'm going to go back to New York tonight, and then I'm going to go to one of these phony cases tonight where we have... Tomorrow morning early, nice and early. You know what I do? My, here's my schedule for the next four or five days. I come here. I meet with great groups in New Hampshire. I then get on a plane late at night when it's snowing and freezing out. Wonderful. And the pilots say, sir, it's going to be tough. And I get there early in the morning. I go to a Biden witch hunt. And then I come here in the afternoon and I stop and we make speeches and we get your votes and all that stuff. But nobody's ever had to do this before. These people are disgraceful. They're a disgrace to our country. I want to just leave this. We are going to win on Tuesday at a level that maybe could even be bigger than what we just did last night in Iowa. 
And the greatest expression of all time, I think the greatest slogan, whatever you want to call it, it's called Make America Great Again. It's called MAGA. It's the greatest of all time. We are going to put America first, and we are going to make America great again. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, everybody.